Empire. Want to see what Kawhi sees? Seeing it from all the different camera angles is cool because you can see, you can break down the backdoor cuts out on the floor. You can break out, you can break down little plays that people might not see. That's former NBA champion Rip Hamilton, who is about to call the Eastern Conference Finals in virtual reality. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. Rip will take you places former broadcasts couldn't. He and David Offhauser from Intel Sports will join us in a bit for a unique preview of the Bucks and Raptors series. And after that, the future of live event content with a mid-major conference who jumped headfirst into an interesting deal with the platform Flow Sports. But first, the future is now with Rip Hamilton's alma mater, UConn. You've heard about the gym rats who work on their shot all night. Are the coaches willing to put in that time too? Some yes, others have a lot of fish to fry, so while they'll never discourage improvement, ensuring that improvement is happening, that might be a solvable issue these days. The NOAA basketball system provides real-time adjustments by watching and analyzing your every move on the court. Dom Amore from the Hartford Current joins us now. Hey, Dom, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. So UConn has installed this system. How does it work? You can almost think of it like having a... Uh, a, a thing, a, a mechanism in your refrigerator that when you open it up, it tells you don't touch that fried chicken, <laughs> don't 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 go near that cake. You don't need that. You know those are empty calories. Uh, it's kind of a it's kind of that kind of a of a thing for uh, your shooting. You know it tells you what the arc on your shot was, so you could kind of aim for the ultimate or for the for the uh, you know the the, the best uh, arc or the best trajectory of your shot. It tells you. Uh, if, if you're right or left, which you see, obviously you can see that with the naked eye, but if a shot goes in, it might tell you, hey, that went in, but it was a little bit left. Uh, you know, if it's too strong or, or too, uh, or, or not, or too much on a line, et cetera. So it, it's something that allows you, allows a player when they're shooting free throws particularly, or shooting trees, or shooting from uh, different parts of the, the, uh, the court, it just kind of corrects them as they're shooting. And eventually, those things kind of become muscle memory. You get you get tired of hearing left, 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 or you get tired of hearing, you know, too strong, too strong, too strong, and you and you adjust on the fly, and it becomes muscle memory. That's that's the thinking behind it. Are the players or the coaches are they citing market improvement by using this? Well, you know, it's UConn installed it a few years ago, and of course they changed staffs and different coaches. Uh, have different feelings about it. You know, some of your older school coaches are not as much into gadgets as newer as the newer coaches are. But uh, I'm getting a sense that it's becoming uh, a bigger part of what UConn's doing. You know, UConn had a lot of trouble with free throws last year, so it wouldn't surprise me if um, wouldn't surprise me if they used it a lot more this off season in order to uh, to improve that. And, and, you know, the big advantage of it, you know, I think you mentioned right at the top about coaches putting in the time. You know, the coaches are regulated by the NCAA as to how much time they could spend in the gym with their players. So players have to do a lot of it on their own. And this is a watchful eye. Someone's in there late at night to, to have someone coaching their shooting. 
so that they're, they're just not just shooting. They're not just throwing the ball up. Have they told you anything that this thing can't do that they'd like to see it be able to do? Well, there are different models of it, uh, and, and I think the, the one that UConn uses uh, is, they, is only uh, – it's half court, and it's only uh, – it can really regulate certain types of shots, mostly free throws or free throws from the top of the key. But there are more elaborate models, and there are full-court models, and I believe there are teams that actually have these things installed uh, in, in their, where they play their games so that uh, it, although, the, although you can't get the real, make the real-time adjustments, uh, it, it gives them data as, to, as far as you know, what players are shooting trajectory-wise or, or strength-wise uh, in, in order to, to correct them later on. So uh, there are a number of different ways to, to use it. And I think that the wave of the future is going to be, you know, wearable technology where, you know, perhaps players even in, in a game have something on their wrist or something that might be able to, to give them this kind of feedback even during a game as far as how they're shooting. Yeah, I believe that is the future as well. Dom Amore from the Hartford Current, thanks so much for the time. Hey, you got it anytime. Thank you. Up next, Rip Hamilton and David Offhauser taking you virtually into the world of the NBA's Eastern Conference Finals. Our guests this week are David Offhauser, the managing director at Intel Sports and NBA and NCAA champion, Rip Hamilton, who are about to change the way you watch the Eastern Conference Finals. Thank you both for being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. So Rip is going to be calling games in virtual reality, and we'll get to that challenge in a minute. But David, first explain how people can actually watch the games in VR. So we at Intel Sports are offering up uh, together with the NBA and TNT ways for fans to watch the games live in virtuality. You can uh, download the NBA on TNT VR application from the Oculus Store. You can use your Samsung Gear VR together with a Gear VR headset. You could use an Oculus Go uh, headset and and watch the games uh, through the NBA and TNT VR app. That's the best way to experience this unique way to watch the games. So, Rip, you got the challenge here of telling the story of the games to the fans with a dramatically different viewpoint available to them. So take me through the process here of how you are planning to do this. Oh, yeah. First of all, like I said, like David was saying, Intel Sports, they bring fans closer to the game. And that's my job uh, as one of the hosts with uh, Stephanie Reddy. Uh, to bring you into to uh, our living room because with the Oculus Go, it's kind of getting the feel of actually being at a game and being there uh, courtside and, and and actually viewing the game from anywhere from your house to anywhere you got a Wi-Fi connection. And I looked at it, 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 was, it was pretty cool and innovative because as a kid, me growing up, like I never got the opportunity to go to a basketball game and sit uh, half-floor side. Uh, floor floor side seats, and now getting to view the game through the uh, Oculus uh, goggles, it's an easy and cool way where you kind of get the same type of feel and same type of experience uh, watching the game through through VR. So 
I think it's, it's, it's fun. It's cool. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of storytelling that me and Stephanie do on it, and and it's not just about analytics, like core hardcore analytics, like uh, some shows that you might watch it. It's more like us bringing you into the locker room, where what guys when we're talking about what guys are thinking, why did guys make a certain move out there, and, and with all the different camera angles that we actually get a chance to see and view, which the viewer can uh, see too. Is, is, is cool because we can see different plays that happen th- through the different camera angles that we're able to view than we would see, uh, opposed to what we would see if we were doing it live just being their own court. So it's cool. Like, I, I, I enjoy it. I think it's funny. It, it, it gives a different perspective of how to watch the game, and it gives the consumer all the power or the watcher. Rip, you've been, you've been in TV since your playing career ended, so you, you're, you've been around the block here with how games are put together and how the presentation is going to be put together. How has this one been different as you get ready to do this? Well, one, just from the simple fact that, well, from a production standpoint, it's all the same, which is cool. You know, uh, we still meet with the producer a couple hours before the game. We still get a note. Uh, we still we, we still do the same amount of print work that we would that I would do for a normal telecast game with uh with TNC. Uh, the different part was is is actually seeing and viewing it through all the different camera angles uh, because we're so used to doing it live and being there and viewing the game and calling what we see. Now we have the advantage to see all the camera angles that the truck sees because we're actually in the truck and what the fans are seeing too. So there's plays that. We might not see because we might miss from being there live, but but seeing it from all the different camera angles is cool because you can see you can break down the backdoor cuts out on the floor. You can break out, you can break down little plays that people might not see from watching the normal television. So, David, you know sports fans have high standards for what the broadcast is going to entail. At what point were you okay that you could put on air something that would end up meeting those standards? Well, we've been working with basketball and. Turner for three years now. Uh, we launched the NBA at the All Star Weekend in 2018. You know, so we felt you know very comfortable with enabling fans to experience something that they just can't experience, uh, even even being at the game or 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 watching on TV. Right. I mean, the idea, as Rip you know mentioned, is enabling fans to experience something that they just can't get anywhere else. Putting them courtside, putting them under the basket. Um, you know the the fun of the storytelling. You know that that um, that Rip provides together with the you know I'll call it personalization, right? Because when a fan is in there, yes, they can lean back and have a fully produced view. Um, but but even while they're listening to the commentary, they can also take themselves from camera to camera. So you know it, it's about the quality uh, and meeting the expectations of fans from that perspective. But it's just as much about providing something completely new and innovative and letting fans, uh, you know, explore for themselves, um, uh, you know, through and navigate themselves through some of that storytelling. They become part of the story and the narrative, um, you know, together with, with, with Rip and, 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 and our announcers. Rip, on the court, what do you think fans are going to see through this technology that they couldn't see before through traditional broadcast methods? Well, they, they're, they're, they're going to see and feel more into the game. Like, that's the best part about it. Like, you feel like you're in the game with the players and you're actually, you know, on the sideline with the coaches and in and, and the huddles and everything everything like that. I think that right there 
is something as a player, me as an ex-player, and me going to a game and just going to the arena and just enjoying the game and watching some of my uh, colleagues play, me getting the opportunity to watch the game through VR, it felt like I'm actually in it. <laughs> and that's the cool part about it because you can hear the sneakers screeching against the, the floor. You can see the little stuff from guys maybe throwing an elbow or why a guy got open coming off a curl or a screen. So it really gets into – it really shows the detail on a lot of things out on the floor that you might not see from just watching the normal telecare. I mean, I feel like if this was available when Dennis Rodman was around, he wouldn't have gotten away with half oh, of the man. stuff that he did. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. But it made a lot very fun for the fans to see all yeah, the little things, right? Um, you know? it, it, for you, David, what, what is your sense of when I ask the question of what are the fans going to see that they haven't been able to see before? What's, what's your kind of take on all of that? You know, my take is, is again, it's, it's, it's about transporting fans to feel fully immersed. Right? You're, you're in a full 3D environment. You can look around. You can be, you know, on, on the you know, sitting courtside. You can be underneath the basket. Um, you, you can you, you can go up into the you know what it would be like to be in the owner's box you know if you want to be up there I mean you you as a fan get to experience it the way that you want to experience and that sometimes includes you know hitting our true cast uh, and, and just leaning back and 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 letting Rip and Stephanie take you through the full game and, and letting our producers do the camera switching for you it's it's about that choice and personalization of being able to do either one of those but. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's 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 about the immersiveness for fans, and and a completely different trajectory on how fans will be able to and fans can, you know, especially you know here coming up in the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, be able to experience uh, you know the NBA games on with with Turner and with 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 Rip and Stephanie. Rip, are, are you literally going to be wearing the goggles when you're calling the game, or, or are you not in literally in the virtual world? Yeah, I don't, I don't wear the, I don't wear the goggles, but I actually see all the camera angles, which is cool, because we can, we as we're telestrating the game, and and if we want to pull up a certain graphic, like certain plays that people might not see that I might see before it actually happens, right? I can talk to my producer in the ear and say, hey, pull up a graphic or pull up an arrow telling the viewer to look left because this is what I'm seeing and we can actually pull that up and show that on the screen and kind of walk the walk the viewer right through the play what I'm talking about which is cool you know to appreciate about what Rip and Stephanie do which is just so different from you know a normal broadcast is uh, just to build on what Rip said is you know when you when you when a fan is is, is watching something on television right you're, you're in a specific camera in a specific frame when a fan is watching in VR they can be looking anywhere and so the storytelling you know, that Rip and Stephanie are bringing folks through is a little bit different because, it, you know, it, it, it's helping guys, hey, look over here and look at that. Because you might actually, you know, in the same frame, you know, one fan might be looking left, one fan might be looking right, and and helping guide that. It's a, just a, it's a very different way of, of doing that storytelling, and I think, you know, adds to the uniqueness. Listen, I've done a lot of games, and to pull the curtain up, it's it's a coordination between producer and the talent, and they talk about essentially showing replays is what they tell people to do. There's no way to direct the truck to the place you want the eyes to go, but Rip, you have the opportunity here. You can tell a very different story in real time. And that's the fun part about it, because we're, we're, we're very hands-on with it. You know, like, like, we're all one unit in the truck, like, and that's the thing that I love is, is 
it's the chemistry is is great between me and Stephanie and the producer. I think the producer there is 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 awesome. But like I said, it brings you into the locker room, and that's what we're doing. I'm bringing you in the locker room like you're sitting at, in your on your couch with your choice of beverage, and we're just hanging out. And I'm and I'm articulating the game for you, but also telling you you know uh, different ways to watch it and understanding and seeing plays that you might not see just by watching the normal telecast. Rip, do you see an application where this is going to be used for teams in preparing, or is there no substitute for live practice? 1,000%. 1,000%, because actually I had that, that conversation with one of my guys that's, that's in the playoffs now, and I was telling him, like, hey, you know what, certain camera angles, you can't break down the game. Like, if I'm a big man and I might not be in the play, right, and there's certain positions on the floor that I need to, where I need to be at, with the different camera angles, you're, you're able to see that. So one of my favorite camera angles is the one that's mounted on the uh, back of the uh, uh, backboard. Uh, and it kind of gives you a, a great view of actually where you're supposed to be at when it comes to scouting <laughs> and uh, player position that on the floor. So I do think it's, it's great. And I do think that people – Especially teams, coaches, and everything like that. When you, because we watch a lot of film and we break down the game offensively and defensively, and it's great when you have that to give to a player to go ahead and and watch some things that he can either get better on or some things he got to work on. Uh, David, point me to the future here. Where where is all of this going? Where's the VR technology going in content consumption? The future it has us merging uh, two of our underlying technologies. So what we're doing today with the NBA and VR with our TrueView, TrueVR technology um, and, and, and what you're seeing in VR, will combine with the technology that we've integrated, let's say, with the NFL and the EPL and La Liga, which is something called volumetric video, which is video that we capture from cameras all around the arena and capture the entire volume of space within an arena or stadium, in which case we can then take a virtual camera and put that virtual camera anywhere. And once you have a virtual camera anywhere, you go from having the seven, eight, nine, ten cameras in VR uh, that Rip and Stephanie are using today to navigate through and show to fans to as many virtual cameras as you want. And then we can take and place a fan on the court, or we can put a virtual camera on the forehead of a player so you can feel what it's like to be an NBA player shooting a three or getting a three shot on or getting dunked on or shooting a free throw under pressure. And the future really is about merging those two things together uh, so that we provide fans with a completely different way of navigating. So, you know, this is way far off, but imagine being able to navigate through a live NBA basketball game the same way that you might play Fortnite or a video game. Uh, that and, and, and enabling the youth, the fan to, to, to be able to do that together with the storytelling, uh, you know, that Rip and Stephanie would provide or, or, or other announcers. Um, that that future um, is is within our grasp and something you'll see, you know, in years to come. Uh, and listen, I don't want to overpromise, but if you can actually literally make me feel like what it's be what it's like to be LeBron James, I will pay a lot of money for that. I would wow. like to actually experience that. <laughs> yeah.
Absolutely. Uh, David Althauser is the managing director at Intel Sports, and Rip Hamilton was part of six straight appearances in the NBA's Eastern Conference Finals, was part of the 2004 NBA champion Detroit Pistons, and was the most outstanding player of the Final Four in 1999 when UConn beat Duke. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you for having me. So Rip and David are talking about the highest levels of sports broadcast. What about the mid-majors who are still looking for their piece of the content pie? It is only a matter of time before linear television becomes the next radio or newspapers where a preponderance of content consumption happens online or on mobile devices and not through cable boxes. But linear rights remain king in terms of bottom line. So those who jump headfirst into the digital age are still trailblazers even today. Count the Colonial Athletic Association among those who are now all in in the new media world. Greg Medea writes for the Daily News Record about a deal between Flow Sports, a digital outlet, and that conference that will alter how their fans will watch games. Hey, Greg, how are you? I'm, I'm doing well, Bram. Thanks, thanks for having me. For those who don't know what Flow Sports is, who are they? Okay, so Flow Sports is a digital streaming company. They... Uh, have a number of different verticals where, uh, whether it's flow wrestling, flow softball, they have a few different sports that they really cover and, and stream games for, uh, whether it's at the co- college level or, or amateur level. Uh, they, they do that. Uh, that's what they do. And, and now uh, they want to make a jump into college athletics, major college athletics, Division One, uh, and they're going to do that with the CAA. It's the first uh, conference uh, that Flow Sports has an in-depth all-sports agreement with. Uh, the two sides came to a four-year, seven-figure deal uh, to make this happen. What were the options for the CAA beyond this deal with Flow Sports? Okay, so the CAA, it, it probably took the league a little longer to recognize that traditional television wasn't going to be uh, an option that they were going to get paid for. Uh, I would say that probably they probably started to realize that two or three years ago, uh, and ever since has been kind of working to find something on the digital side. A, a couple of years ago, I think they signed a two-year agreement with uh, CBS Sports Digital uh, for a football game of the week, and I, I believe some other basketball games, uh, some some men's basketball games as well. Uh, that's gone uh, as flow as as, as this became. Uh, an option flow came into the picture about, I guess, a year ago. Uh, that CBS digital deal was about to expire. Uh, and, and that's when the conversation really started is if the CAA was going to make this drastic uh, dive into being the first conference, first Division One college conference, uh, to pick a direct-to-consumer streaming company uh, as its primary media partner. Uh, so then – I, I would say about six months ago that the talks really ramped up. At least that I was—that's that, what I was told by James Madison University uh, athletic officials and the commissioner of the CAA, Joe D'Antonio. Uh, so that's kind of how the how, how the CAA uh, came uh, came to, came to decide flow was the best option. I think they realized, you know, uh, digital or tra- excuse me, traditional television deal 
uh, was a thing of the past, especially for a mid-major conference. I'm still kind of shocked that it isn't an ESPN or a CBS who figures out a way to do what Flo did here. I'm sure these talks weren't so secretive that the big groups in this industry didn't know what was going on. Why do you think that they didn't say, we can figure this out for you as well? Okay, so I think there's a couple elements to this. Uh, you, you look at the ESPN, because they have ESPN Plus now, and that's, that's become a, a, big, a big driver for, for FCS football conferences. I mean, I think the Missouri Valley uh, has one, and, and maybe it's in one of the big leagues, possibly. Uh, may, maybe I'm wrong on that, the Big Sky. But I know the Missouri Valley is one that's, that's gone on to ESPN Plus and, and uses that. Uh, for the CAA, I think they wanted an option uh, that was also going to let them be flexible on the traditional television side, on the on the linear television side. Uh, and that's why Flo, I think, inevitably was the right partner for the CAA. Uh, you look, and, and while they're going to have all the digital rights and, and they're going to keep uh, restrictions on the digital side for the 300-plus games that will be streamed through Flo, uh, I, think, well, I think what the CAA really liked is that while they're going to restrict on the digital side, they're not going to do that on the linear side. So whether it's the league uh, or the league's members, uh, if they want to find a, a television partner and pay for those games to be on TV, they can do that. And that's why they were able to expand their men's basketball co- uh, co- conversation and, and deal with CBS Sports Network on the, on the TV side uh, to include regular season men's basketball. Uh, this this deal that they signed with Flow because Flow is paying them, they in turn the CAA uh, are turning that money around uh, and going to pay CBS Digital for a expanded regular season men's basketball package. Uh, so that's that's what's really interesting, I think, in all this is that really CAA is getting paid on the digital side, but then going to turn around and pay for linear uh, and a net for a national basketball package, and then also. Uh, I know for James Madison, the RSNs, the regional sports network deals that they have with NBC Sports Washington and, and Masson uh, during the fall, Saturdays in the fall for football, uh, that's going to stick around because uh, JMU is still able to pay for that, even if Flo were to come in and, and broadcast the game from Bridgeport Stadium in Harrisonburg. Yeah, and for people who don't know and don't follow football on that level that closely, JMU is a dominant uh, program um, in the country. All right, um, let's, let me leave you with this. So let's, we haven't really talked about how do fans access this. What are they going to get? What is going to be different? What, what is your sense of what the relationship looks like from a content consumption perspective? Okay, so Flow Sports subscriptions will be available for twelve fifty a month uh, to fans to, for fans to access. And that twelve fifty a month, uh, at least what I was told by, by both the CIA and JMU, is not only going to get them those 300 games and that about 50 football games, 90 men's basketball games, 50 women's basketball games, and then the other product the CA will have, uh, Flow Stream, is kind of their championships, whether it's a CA softball tournament, baseball tournament, uh, whatever. Uh, that that's that's what they'll get as far as the CA. But they'll also get access to all of Flow Sports' other verticals, whether it's uh, Flow Hoops, Flow Softball, uh, Flow Wrestling. They'll basically have access to the whole uh, Flow Sports uh, content. Uh, all the Flow Sports content for twelve fifty a month. So that's how they access it. Uh, obviously, they can go. I think Flow Sports uh, TV is uh, on the on the desktop, laptop uh, availability, and then 
I think you can also watch through Roku and Apple TV uh, as well. So I, I believe that's how uh, that's how the CAA is going to try to push their product. And uh, it's just a really interesting, uh, different, uh, as the CAA commissioner told me, uh, you know, a revolutionary partnership because it's, it's so different from what, uh, you know, what people are used to and what uh, other other leagues are doing. Yeah, the future really is now. It's interesting for Flow Sports and the CAA to do this together. Greg Medea from the Daily News Record. Thanks for joining us, Greg. Thank you, Bram. That'll do it for us on this episode. Remember, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.